0: Okay, good morning, everybody. Uh, very warm welcome uh, to you all. Um, welcome to the Sunday morning service at Thomas Risley Church uh, on the 13th of September 2020. Uh, we're worshipping together on Zoom via various devices and platforms. Uh, some people are on audio only. And some people are on the YouTube live feed and uh, a few hours after the service, there'll be an edited uh, version of the service on YouTube. If you uh, want to catch up or watch for the first time and a a very particular uh, welcome to you. Uh, If you're a first time visitor uh, or you're an occasional worshiper with us, it's really good to share with you. Thank you. If we need any more information on Thomas Wisley Church and you want contact information, we'd love to hear from you. You can find all that on thomasrisley.org, where you can also find uh, the newsletter, uh, which many of us have got by uh, email, but if you haven't and you'd like it, or you'd like to look at past uh, news and so on, they're they're up there on the website as well. Uh, Our Bible readings and the Lord's Prayer will will be on screen. Um, We ask everybody, please, to stay on uh, mute, keep your microphones on mute, unless you've actually doing a reading or leading us in Mm -hmm. prayer or or something similar like that. Mm -hmm. Our worship today is led by Steve Earhart and today's theme is it's better to be kind than to be right. Okay. There will be a worship song in the service and we encourage you to sing along like no one's listening heartily and lustily because we'll ask you to stay muted at the same time as well. But, uh, you know, shake the walls in your own home. That's a good idea. Um, at the end of the service, do please unmute um, as we say the grace together. And there will be a, a breakout room uh, for prayer at the end. You'll, you'll see it pop up on your screen. Uh, if you'd like prayer with a, an elder or maybe one a, another church member, then do please uh, click the join button there, and you can we can pray with you specifically. Uh, and if you need confidential prayer, that can be done through there as well. Um, Otherwise, or after the prayer, then do please uh, stay on unmuted in the main uh, um, meeting, uh, grab a drink uh, and have a chat afterwards. So that's uh, things as they uh, go on this morning. So without further ado, let's pass over to Steve uh, to start worship.
1: Thanks Dave, thank you. Um, Just also just to say if you, uh, in case you're not aware, there'll be a church meeting on Thursday evening after the prayer meeting um, and we'll send out an agenda today. Uh, So everybody's welcome to, to come on to that. Let's start with a prayer. God of grace, we have come for a glimpse of your kingdom of kindness a world where love rules over all, a world where enemies embrace, a world where the distinctions between friend and foe evaporate in the light of your love. Knowing you have the power to transform us, we give our lives over to you, body, soul, mind and spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite Vander and Ben to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. The words will be on the screen.
2: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever.
3: Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Vander and Ben. And now I'm going to ask... Uh, Dave, to see if it's anybody's birthday.
0: I have had uh, via the, uh, the jungle network of uh, Birchwood, which is quite extensive, advanced notice. So I do know of one. So if you've got a birthday, yay, Rachel. Anybody else got a birthday? Was that a wave anywhere? Okay. <laughs> so, Rachel. Lucky you, even though it's your special day, you're still going to have to have me sing happy oh, yeah. birthday to you. And Sue, Sue, she's going to join in as well. And everyone else will sing in at home. So let's wish Rachel happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, to you. birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rachel. Rachel. Happy birthday to, to you. you. Yay! <clears throat>
1: And now if you've got your Bible, it would be a good time to open it to Genesis chapter 50, verse 15, as Sue leads us in our first Bible reading. Joseph
3: reassures his brothers. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Amen. Amen.
1: And now Colin is going to bring us Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 12.
4: So this is headed, the weak and the strong. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarrelling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. And gives thanks to God, for none of us lives our lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Sue. So I want you to imagine a tug of war. Uh, It's been a while since I played tug of war. Um, Many, many, many years, in fact, decades. But when we used to play tug of war, we'd split into two teams um, and with each, we'd have a rope, and we each team would hold onto the rope as tightly as they could, get get the feet dug in, and and the and the objective of the game, if anybody's not played it, is for each team is trying to pull the other team over to their side. And I think it can be quite a good analogy for some discussions, or we might even say arguments in some cases, and they can be a bit like a tug of war we hold our point of view um, and if somebody else expresses a different point of view then we just want to pull them over to our side we just want to pull them over and get them onto our side and and if we can't we might get angry or frustrated or sometimes we might just give up but some in those conversations that are a bit like a tug of war I think when we're When we're listening to the other side, what the other other person is telling us, we're not listening from a point of view of understanding where they're coming from or why they hold their view. We're listening from a point of view of what can we see in what they're saying that we can use to trip them up? What can we see? in what what they're saying that we can use to weaken their position? How can we pull them over to our side? Now, in that second reading that we we just heard that Colin read, Paul is is talking to the early Christians, and he's telling them that arguing like this, that this tug of war over words or opinions of, of these different points of Scripture isn't the right approach. He says, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. It's probably worth... Remembering that you know that that a lot of Christians at that time would have been brought up in the Jewish faith and then and then moved over and people had different views over certain animals being unclean or whether they should eat meat and and, and other people were you know were, were more of the view that that they could eat anything because um, uh, because you know that we we've read that in the scripture and they would have heard that it was okay that you know there's that. There's that point where it says in the scripture um, that that nothing that we put into our mouths makes us unclean. It's what what comes out of our mouths that makes us unclean. Now, on that particular specific point around eating meat, I think these days, although there are obviously people who are vegetarian or vegan and hold very strong views about that and other people who enjoy eating meat, I don't think in many cases people are coming from a religious point of view or a scriptural point of view with those arguments. Um, but the, the second part of the reading um talked about keeping a day special. And, and I think here what Paul is talking about is he's talking about the Sabbath. Um, I think if you ask most Christians... What day is the Sabbath? Most Christians would say it's Sunday. It's today. If you ask most Jews, what day is the Sabbath? Or probably all Jews, they would say it's Saturday. Well, Friday evening to Saturday evening. And and I have to say that was something that fascinated me for a long time before being a Christian. And when I was a Christian, when I started to be a Christian, why do Christians say the Sabbath is Sunday when Jesus was a Jew and would have obviously held the Sabbath in the same way as the Jews held the Sabbath from a Friday evening to um sorry a Friday evening to Saturday evening um and and there's no he, Jesus doesn't seem to have said anywhere in scripture that's recorded you know uh, let's change the Sabbath to a Sunday now because the shops are only open for 6 hours on Sunday so it'd be a bit better if we had a Sabbath on a Sunday or or any other reason You know, it just seems that that's happened. And, and, you know, as I've researched this over the years and tried to understand it, the best as I can understand is it it comes about because the Sabbath is often referred to as the day of the Lord. Um, And that wouldn't be anything surprising, I don't think. Um, And after Jesus died and was resurrected, he was resurrected on a Sunday. So Sunday became known as the day of the Lord as well but it was the day of the Lord perhaps differently than the Sabbath at that time. Um, but over time that I think has, has changed and, you know, Christians started to set aside Sunday as the day that they were making special for God because Christ was resurrected on Sunday. Um, and over time that also became known as the Sabbath. So, particularly in those early days of the church you know you would have had some Christians who'd been brought up in the Jewish faith who would have you know held the Sabbath on, on a Saturday and um, as Jesus would have done others who would have kept Sunday special because that's the day that Jesus was resurrected uh, still others who believe that any day could be the day that they keep special for God, not just doesn't have to be a Sunday or a Saturday, it could be any day and, and still others maybe believe that every day is special for God and that we should be keeping God at the forefront of every day in what we do. So what Paul isn't saying here is that he doesn't have a view over which is the right day or time to hold special for God. I'm sure if you asked him that specifically and separately, you know, hey, Paul, which day do you keep special for God and why? He would have been more than happy to tell you which day it was and why. But I think what he is saying is that it's okay for us as Christians to be convicted by our own conscience. And and if our conscience dictates and, and it does say, you know, in that in that reading, it doesn't just say that it doesn't matter. What it says is each must be fully convinced. So it's not that you shouldn't think about it yourself, and it's not that it doesn't matter whether you keep the Sabbath or or whatever, or whether you eat meat or not. What matters is that you are making a decision for yourself and it's not for others to 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 break down that. You know, it, it that doesn't mean we can't have a discussion about it. It doesn't mean we can't share our views. But what, what I think it's saying is it's not about knocking other people's views down and saying you know you're wrong it says in the it says in it says in this particular verse of the bible that that um the sabbath is is at this time and it was you know it, it, what matters is that we are making that decision for ourselves when are we when are we holding? What times and days or weeks or hours or whenever it is? What are, when are we holding special for God? And that's up to us to understand what we want to do, and it's not up to us to knock other people's views down. One of the things I do find funny about this reading, though, is although he, you know, he doesn't say with with any of these what his view is, and because obviously if he said, you know doesn't matter whether you think, you know, the, the Sabbath, Friday night to Saturday night, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, though, they can hold their own opinion. And and you shouldn't eat meat, um, but it doesn't matter if other people want to, because then people would then read the Bible and go, oh, well, Paul says the Sabbath is this and you should eat or shouldn't eat meat. What he's saying is it depends on your faith. But But as I say, it is interesting that he says... Those who are strong of faith, i.e. the people who believe me, believe one thing. And those who are weak in faith, i.e. everybody else, um, believes another thing. And it's okay that those people who are weak in faith um, uh, hold a different view. Now, my suspicion is that if we're arguing about these points with with other Christians, or you know, it might not even be a Christian argument, you know, we're arguing with other people, I think we think that we're coming from the stronger faith point of view everybody is i'm the stronger faith i've read the bible the bible says this i've picked this bit of scripture and that 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 you know that that holds my view so therefore i'm the stronger faith and and the person who disagrees with me is the weaker faith person but i did think it was funny that he he chose that that terminology stronger faith or weaker faith as opposed to just acknowledging different views or different um, you know what what people have discerned differently um, but as I say i don't think it has to be discussions about you know i mean there's two examples there about that that Paul gives about whether or not we eat meat or what type of food we eat and and about which day we hold as the sabbath or or keep special for God in some way. But I think the, I think the message works for other things as well. You know, I think for the last couple of years, if not a bit more, there's been some quite divisive uh, discussions and arguments going on. You know, not just, I don't think just in our country, but particularly in our country. You know, we've, we've had the, we've had all this and still got all this stuff about Brexit. Um, You know, and we all hold our own opinions, probably most of us really quite strong opinions about whether we should have Brexit or shouldn't have Brexit and what type of Brexit it should be or shouldn't be. Um, And it can be really difficult sometimes to accept other people's point of view or even to listen to what their point of view is. You know, we just want to, you, you know, we're so convinced by our own position sometimes that we just want to make everybody else believe, you know, it might you know, it's not just Brexit, it's like which political party do we think is the right party, which is the right approach over what's happening around COVID, which football team do we support, or rugby team? You know for, for many of these things, we don't feel that we've that we hold an opinion about, you know, whether Widnes or Warrington is the best rugby team. We we know that whichever one it is that we support are the best rugby team uh, and everybody who thinks the opposite is wrong, uh, you know. Uh, so th- these aren't opinions. These are cold, hard facts. And, you know, so, there's you know, because we're so convinced these are cold, hard facts, sometimes it's really hard to, to listen to where the other person's coming from. And, and and And, you know, we just know that really all we need to do is get our point across. You know, we've got to say that... Uh, and I'm not even going to say which is the best rugby team. <laughs> it's obviously Warrington, but, but you know, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I don't know why I even said that because for some reason I've got Colin full screen on my, on my views. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, and I know that's something that he would, uh, he would strongly disagree with. Um, I I always like that verse in two Timothy. All Scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And um, I, I thought that was a particularly great great passage even before I was a Christian. Uh, you know, if, if a Christian friend told me I used to I used to enjoy um, heated debates about the Bible before I became a Christian, and I I used to enjoy using those debates to sort of try and weaken the other person's view as to you know you know they'd say well there's there's you know there must be a god because the bible says this and i'd say well it also says this and how do you explain that and you know and and i think it's good for ourselves to to challenge you know why do we think things have we read have we read around the passages in the bible you know it's it is good to do that but and 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 i think it's funny because for me particularly i i find it quite funny because that because actually i really hate conflict i hate arguing with people but i really enjoy a good debate i really enjoy a good discussion about you know getting understanding for how things or trying to get my understanding of how things are working or what, what what's going on and and discussing that. And, you know, nickel often acknowledge my level of knowledge. She'll quite often say, you're a know-it-all you are, you know, and, and just acknowledging that I've really grasped and understood the situation. I'm sure that's what she means by know-it-all. Um, I, I digress, but a long time ago, we, we had this discussion about um, whether cutlery should be placed facing up so the handle's down in the dishwasher or whether the... The sort of handles should be up in the dishwasher, and, um, uh, and my view was handles handles facing up, so the the the, the business end of the cutlery was facing down, so that when you empty the dishwasher, you're grabbing the handle and you're not getting your grubby mitts all over the the teeth on the fork or the or the knife uh, blade. Uh, and Nick's view was the other way, the other way around. You know, you, you, know, you should put the handles face down. And then as the as they drain, uh, then, the you know, you're not getting all the old dirty water sat on the, on the business end. The dirty water's draining away from the handle. So I actually, at the time, I, I went to the extent of looking up various studies on the matter where people had sort of tried it both ways and tried to grow cultures and, and to see which, you know, which was the healthiest option. Was it handle up or handle down? And it it was most disappointing to find out it makes almost no difference, whether it's handle up or handle down. So there's no right or wrong position there. But actually, even if it did make a small difference, you know, does it really matter if somebody else holds a strong view, you know? So, I mean, obviously, you know, as I say, my view was, Was handles up and Nick's view was handles down. So, uh, as I do most of the stacking of the dishwasher, uh, that's one of my jobs in the house, it's handles down because that's the way Nick thinks is the right way. So, uh, I'm not not daft. But I think the point is, it's not always, we don't always need to forcefully pass on our opinion in every situation. Even If I was right in that case, it doesn't matter, you know. (laughs) I mean, it's the sort of, I don't know that I could ever stop looking up to see if there's a study of of whether it's safer to have the handle up or handle down, and it doesn't actually make that much difference, but I always have to understand how things work. It's just the way I'm wired, but I could probably keep the knowledge to myself and not, not inflict it on everybody else. You know, I, social media, I, I find it very difficult to uh, sometimes I, I read messages on social media and somebody will be saying something and I'll read it and I think, oh, that's just ridiculous. And I, and I feel the need to correct them and I quite haven't have to start typing and then deleting and no, no, I don't have to. Put everybody right on every fact, on every matter, every time. You know, we'd we'd be driving along and somebody would be hogging the middle lane, and and I'd want to flash them or toot the horn. And Nick saying, "You don't have to teach everybody how to drive; just ignore them and get concentrate on your own driving." Um, Fortunately, I think I do most of the time. My use of social media is keeping in touch with friends and family and and discussing silver making you know silversmithing or jewelry making techniques with with people that I've uh, you know that I've met across the world so I, I, I love social media but but I do have to keep myself in check and not correct everybody on every matter and and you know getting back to that analogy of the tug of war the the more I've thought about that over the last week or two the more helpful it has been to me you know the In the tug of war, both teams are just trying to pull the other team over to their side. There's no common ground. There's no cooperation. It's not about, it's just about winning. It's not about getting somebody over to your side for, for any sort of altruistic reason or it's just about winning. And, you know, the outcome of tug of war, as you've seen it, is usually one side gets pulled over and ground into the mud and they'll all be muddy and in falling over in a heap and and that's not what the word of God's about or what life's about really. It's not about dragging people through the mud. It's not about dragging people through the mud literally, certainly, but it's not about figuratively dragging people through the mud either. It's about it's about loving each other. It's about building each other up. It's about supporting each other. You know, if we're arguing about is Sunday the Sabbath or is it Saturday or could it be Wednesday or could it be an hour each day or could it be, you know, whatever, should we eat meat or shouldn't we eat meat? Should we vote Conservative or Labour or Liberal Democrat or something else? None of of those should be a tug of war. We shouldn't be just dragging the other person or the other team to our side, no matter the consequence, you know, what are we trying to achieve by those discussions? Are we just trying to get our opponent to see how clever we are? Are we just trying to get our opponent to see our point of view? You know, are we listening to them just to trip them up or are we listening to them to understand their point of view? challenge our own views you know listen carefully when somebody says you should vote for the other side is it because you know are are we both you know are they just stupid if they don't want to vote for who you want to vote for or have they got some really good reasons and actually things that we should think about you know somebody does or doesn't want to eat meat is that because they're weak or is it because perhaps they've got a good reason um You know, and whichever way it is, let's, let's learn from the discussions and and build each other up and not pull each other down. What it says in verses six to nine is that, you know, and this comes back to that each being fully convinced is that whichever way we fall on, and you know these are just examples there's there's millions of other discussions you know about various points within the bible that we could talk about some of which you know can be really emotive and but you know it it it's not um so what verses 6 to 9 say is that whatever our view is whatever our conviction is whether it's okay to eat meat or whether we should be vegetarian whether we should, you know, stay at home on a Sunday or just only go to church on a Sunday and do nothing else or whether it's okay to make space for God throughout the week. Whatever we're doing, we should be doing it for him. Um, and, And if we are doing it for him, then it's not for anybody else to tear down. And, you know, if you're doing whatever you're doing for God, It's not for me to tear down and say, well, you're doing it wrong. However strongly I hold my personal view. And then in verses 10 to 12, it goes on to say, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me every tongue will acknowledge god so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to god so when we do find ourselves judging others judging each other judging people we don't even know on social media we should ask ourselves why why are we doing that we should think about our own position and 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 how well we are able to give our own account of ourselves to God because we all get that opportunity. We get that opportunity in prayer. We get that opportunity um, at, at the end, um, but not just at the end. You know, we we get an opportunity to give, uh, and I don't. When I say the end, that's a that's a whole other topic. You know, don't don't read too much into that. But you know, I mean, it, we get that opportunity all the time. We can spend time in prayer with God, and we can. You know, talk to God about what it is that we're doing and, and why, and and how we're feeling, and you know, the the title of the uh, the, the theme of the of the service. Um, the, there's a quote attributed to an American philosopher uh, called Wayne Dyer. If you have the choice between being right and being kind, choose being being kind. If you have the choice between being right and being kind, choose being kind. And and there's loads of other very similar quotes that are attributed to lots of other people. Um, so if you think it was said by somebody else, then you're probably also right. And I have no idea who said it first, but that, I don't think that matters. But I think what struck me is that if we choose to be kind over being right some of the time or more of the time that that will go a long way to being prepared for those for that time those times when we give our account of ourselves to god um you know if we if we're thinking not about us and about getting our point of view across all the time but thinking about how we're being kind and how we're being helpful to the person we're talking to um, then I think that will really help. And and I just wanted to finish by, uh, you know, we focused really on that second reading, but just wanted to finish looking briefly at that first reading from Genesis. It's at the very end of Joseph's story, and, and hopefully most of us know a little bit of Joseph's story, but if you don't have a read of Genesis, it's a, it's a really good story. Um, and if you don't like reading, watch the film. Um, it's a good film as well. <laughs> Um, but at the end of the, that that reading, there it's where Joseph's brothers were afraid of what Joseph might do to them, so they'd you know they, they, they knew before all before this earlier in the in the book um, earlier in the in in the story, Joseph's brothers at first they tried to kill him, uh, and then they sold him into slavery. Um, so they weren't fantastic brothers from that point of view, um, and they were pretty frightened, I guess, by this point of view. You know, they thought he was dead or a slave somewhere, um, and they turn up in uh, in Egypt, and, and and Joseph's been elevated to this almost princely stature, um, and and they try this sort of childlike. I, mean, I remember trying similar things when I was. When I was little, when I had an argument with my brother, um, and we'd say, you know, I'd say to him, "Oh, d- you know, Dad says this or Dad says that. You know, you mustn't do you. You know, you can't retaliate because Dad says." And, uh, and and they say, you know, Dad says you aren't allowed to hurt us. They send this messenger. Dad says you mustn't hurt us. You're not allowed to hurt us. But none of that mattered to Joseph. He he'd already forgiven them, and he's ready to move forward. and And I think the message. Really, that I want to draw out from from this passage for this morning is a really simple one. You know, if Joseph can forgive his brothers when they tried to kill him and sell him into slavery, then then we should forgive others when when they hurt us, or if they keep going with that tug of war and we're trying to let it go. Um, and I think the other thing is that we probably should be kind to ourselves as well. Amen. I'm going to hand over now to Fiona for our prayers for the local community and wider world.
2: Thank you, Steve. Let us pray. We pray this week for the families of those lost in the attack on 9-11 and those who survived or provided emergency services. Their lives changed under such harrowing circumstances. Let's pray they feel your love and peace surrounding them as they remember the anniversary 19 years on. We pray too for all countries, communities and families living under the turmoil of war, oppression, unrest, famine or drought. We pray through the power of your Holy Spirit That relief will come to all those living in hope of a better future. We thank you for those charities who work to support all those living in tragic circumstances such as these. We continue to pray globally against the COVID-19 pandemic. Bring your healing, Lord. Help people of all ages to accept the role they need to take on to help eradicate this virus. We pray for those working towards a vaccine and ask that by your great love and mercy, one will be found. We pray now for one another in this fellowship. Please continue to sustain and enrich this fellowship through the love of Jesus. We thank you that we can share fellowship here on Zoom and we are thankful for those who through acts of kindness this week demonstrated love in action by offering teas and coffees to locking stump families. We are thankful for our children returning to education. Bless them with wisdom and remove any fear or anxiety they may have after being away from school for so long. We pray for those who are sick. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon all those known to us and especially dear to us. Bring them strength, peace and hope. We continue to lift Josh, his work colleagues and the family of his friend who ended his life. Bring love and peace at this time. We pray for all those who suffer from depression for many reasons. Help them turn to somebody for support, to see there is love and support for for them. Finally, Lord, we pray for one another. As the nights draw in and the weather changes, the leaves start to fall off the trees that we still see your beauty in, the changes of the season. That we may be mindful of our friends who need someone to reach out and say hello. This year, so far, has been hard for everyone and the future still looks gloomy to some. Let us remember the wonderful words of praise as we go out into the week. The sun comes up and a new day is dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness, I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks, Fiona. So let's continue to respond to God by keeping ourselves on mute, but singing our hearts out, as Dave suggested earlier.
5: The highest king would welcome me. I was lost but he brought me in. Oh his love for me. Oh his love for me. Who oh, the sun sets free. Oh it's free indeed. I'm a child. a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, He died for
0: Very much, uh, Steve, and uh, everyone who's taken part in the service on screen and behind the screens this morning. If we could um, just uh, give a reminder to us all on Thursday's prayer meet, Thursday evening prayer meeting and church meeting, uh, please attend if you can. Obviously on Zoom, if you can all unmute now, and we'll say the words of the grace to each other. Um, Breakout prayer meeting available if you need and. Do stay for a chat. (laughs) Let's say the grace together. May May the the grace grace of the Lord Lord Jesus
2: Christ Christ, and and the the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit
5: be with
2: us all.
5: Amen.